Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Evie Pomporis, author of an incredible new book, Becoming Bulletproof. Protect yourself, read people, influence situations, and live fearlessly. Evie shares lessons gleaned from her work in the United States Secret Service, and we are certainly fortunate that Evie is such an engaging author who is very much like having your own mentor for navigating this new pandemic reality we find ourselves in. Evie Pomporas, good morning. It is really such an honor to have you join us this morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. You know, as I was reading this book, what an incredible book, Becoming Bulletproof, Protect Yourself, Read People, Influence Situations, and Live Fearlessly. I was thinking the timing of it, you, you couldn't have planned it more perfectly as for how so much of this content applies to how we live today and move forward through our times. I know. I When I was writing it, I never would have imagined something like this happening during the time of the launch of the book. And it, it's so interesting in that it, we're like right in the middle of this pandemic and this really fear-based, you know, world at the moment. And when, you know, the talk was like, do we still launch the book too, considering what's happening? And, and my thought process was like, yes, yes, we do. Because this is like really like what the book was written for, moments like these, you know, how do we find the ability to, manage our fear, keep our panic at bay, and, you know, overcome situations like this. Well, I'm glad that you held your ground and it came out because it it just is so perfectly fitting. It would be anyway if we weren't. It would be great if we weren't living through this. But because we are, here is a tool. It's a guide to help us navigate through it. And the big thing being fear because it seems to be uh, such a big factor in what's going on, and and it really can be well. <laughs> you you tell us it can be our enemy, but we also need to have some uh, quality fear. Yeah, so quality fear, as you're, as you're referring to, certain fear is good. Fear keeps you healthy, keeps you safe, keeps you cautious. So, for example, if we were to look at what's happening now, fear is why you put your mask on when you go outside. Fear is why you wash and hand sanitize your hands. Fear is why you keep social distance from people. And that is all good fear. It's when we let fear overtake us, when it's, we're so afraid to do anything, when we think, oh, my God, what's the world going to be like after this? And we look at it in a negative way, in a fear-based way. And there are a lot of people that are dealing with hardship. They're, you know, we see a high unemployment rate. There's all these other spillover effects aside from the disease itself, right, the, the virus itself. And it's like, how do you manage that? How do you manage all these bad things happening? Because they are, they're negative things, but, but manage them in such a way where they don't completely consume you. And so, for example, even, even thinking about how you are letting things affect you, like what are you allowing in? So, for example, if you're watching the news 24-7 and all you're watching is COVID, 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 are you not going to be fear-based all day long? Is that not going to overtake you? And now you're going to be completely panicky because all you're hearing and being bombarded with is a negativity. And that's really like what the concept of the book is about. When the worst is happening, how do you adapt to the worst? And that's one of the techniques I speak about, adaptability, which is huge. You don't want to be rigid because when we're rigid, rigid people struggle. They can't absorb what's happening. They 
they, they're resistant to change. And change is going to happen. Things are going to happen. So you can either be that person that goes with it and adapts and sometimes, you know, prospers. And then, or you're going to be that person that falls back, that lives in crisis, and that really completely loses themselves in it. So these are the words of wisdom that help, I think, to calm us down and give us this strategy, this awareness, self-awareness. That's a, a big part of this, too. You really key into that, sharing who you are and what your life has been to help us learn from that and, and incorporate that in whatever way into our own life, right? I, I did use my my experiences as, as the vehicle to tell those stories because I, I wasn't you know, I had no law enforcement background. I had no training. I was the average Jane, so to speak. And I didn't have these tools always. I, and I learned them over a period of time. And what, through the research for the book, what I also learned is that, you know, the, the ability to overcome fear and manage it, it's a learned skill. And I wanted to dispel that myth that, well, some people are brave and then some people are not. It's like, no, actually, it's, it's a skill that anybody can learn should they want to learn it. These are abilities that we can all use. And so I use my journey, the process that I went through that took me from being one version of myself to evolving into a different version of myself. And I wanted that for others. I think the idea was, look, I've been fortunate to go through all these different academies, training academies, and to be around all these extraordinary people whom I've learned from, from, you know, presidents to instructors to other members of the service to other very, very brave people. And it's like, I'm bringing that to you. And, and so basically, these are all the strategies and skills I learned that helped me evolve as a person to be the best version of myself, the strongest version of myself. And that's just me. It's just it's what it does for all the agents. You know, it's the mechanism of how do you make stronger, braver, more integrity-based people. And it's like, here it is for you. And that's really what I wanted to bring with the book to the reader. And you do it so powerfully. And the thing is, as you express it to us, like voice to voice this morning, Evie, I think, well, that's great. I want to be a braver person, but thank goodness it's not because I'm going to be a Secret Service agent. I mean, that would be over the top. Yet here you are having done that in your life. You know, it's wild because I... I don't see it that way. I don't want to say it wasn't hard. It was hard, but I think we all have different levels of bravery. And you can, you know, just because, look, I was, yes, I was trained to jump in front of a bullet, as were many other people. But then the thing is, when you're around other like-minded people, when you're around other people who will do the same thing, it becomes the norm. And I think that's where it's important to see, like, who do you surround yourself with? If you surround yourself with other brave people, by proxy, you will become brave. If you surround yourself with um, people who are very fear-based, very panicky, who avoid taking risks, healthy risks, then you will become that. So it's really you, your norm is what and your values are what you are surrounded by, if you think of it from that perspective. And to think of it in our own lives right now, as you were starting out, of course, your your life prepared you really to kind of move in that direction because you had, you talk about the, 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 uh, the three Fs that exist and how your family was different in how they responded, but you, you just kind of had this instinct within you to 
I think, to follow this path. Perhaps. But the, the, the app that you're talking about, it's called F3, the fight, flight, or freeze. And that's basically how a person typically responds to a threat. They're stimulated by something. It's a negative exposure. They're, they're afraid of whatever that exposure is. How do you respond to that? And what I found is that each person typically has, tends to have their own, their own F3 response, their norm. There's usually a typical F3 response. So for myself, it's always been fight. Um, I've had a very aggressive response. And so, but I wanted to make sure that people in the book knew, like, this doesn't mean it's a good thing to always have a fight response, which means if somebody attacks you, you attack back. You know, if somebody says something to you, you bite back, so to speak. And that's not the wisest and best way to, to present yourself to the world. And but because I know that, because I know that's my pattern, I've learned to become aware that, okay, when something happens, this is how I will respond. And so you learn to, to, to create a plan around that, to manage that so that when things do happen, you say to yourself, this is how I'm going to respond. Because I'm not, I know I'm going to do this, I'm going to develop these other skills and abilities to help me not do that. And other people are more flea-based. They avoid confrontation. They, they don't want anything to do with it. And so it's really the book is about you figuring out who you are. And I think that's where self-assessment comes in because a lot of us, we don't know who we are. To figure out who you are so that you can manage everything. If you don't know who you are, you can't build a plan and put these skills to place. Because you don't, you know, know thyself. Such an important thing. Know thyself. And we might really look at this time that we're living through, through this pandemic, as an opportunity to really key into that, discover who we are. I mean, we could just let it slide by and remain in fear-based, but isn't it an opportunity for us? You're absolutely right, because what's happening right now no matter how you know negative and bad it is, it's a historic moment. This is a historic historic moment that we are all going through, and it's going to be over at some point. And you're going to have lived through this. And I want people to think about how do you want to remember? How do you want to remember yourself having gone through this? Will you be proud of who you were, or will you think to yourself, "I should have done differently"? And then not just for yourself, but also. What are you doing to give back to community, to society? How are you helping as an individual? Because we don't just want to take in a time like this. We want to give in a time like this because that's how we overcome, by helping one another. And it, it is true. It's not just in it. And that seed was planted in me when I went through training because it's like, okay, you need to protect yourself. You need to protect the president or whoever else, but you also need to protect your brothers and sisters who are there next to you and the public. And so that's kind of like the mindset that I hope people will have. It's like, how do you want to remember yourself when this is over? And think about that as you're going through these motions, as you're dealing with this pandemic. Are you stepping up? Are you doing what you can? Or are you letting this continue? Are you regressing? And are you not contributing, but just taking and so we can do ourselves a favor, uh, regardless of where on that kind of spectrum we find ourselves, getting a copy of Becoming Bulletproof. This is going to be probably the best gift we can give ourselves to help us navigate, because we're still in the middle, somewhere in the midst of this. We don't know exactly where, but as you say, Evie, it's, it's going to end at some point. 
And so how to navigate and how to become that real strong individual that would re- we really are going to be proud of. And I think, you know, I think we're in for a long call here. This isn't going to be over very quickly, but I think if you can either use this to build you, this pandemic, right? You can either use this to build you or break you. You have a choice. And what I hoped with becoming bulletproof when I wrote that is to show that there's always a choice. That even when the worst is happening, that you still have a choice. You still have power. And when things like this happen, when we are dealing with crisis or trauma or problems in life, we often feel powerless. That's because we allow ourselves to feel powerless. We blame things externally. Well, all these things are happening to me. I have no control. And with the idea with becoming bulletproof, it's like, yes, these things are happening to you, but they don't, you're not at the mercy of these things if you don't allow yourself to be. And part of being powerful is taking ownership of the situation, accountability. It's not taking, it's not taking the blame. It's taking ownership and saying, what power do I have? to adapt and shift and change and take control over my life and my situation. That's the key. Going from a powerless mindset to a powerful mindset. Oh, yes. That sounds so strong, so great. And to underscore, not just that you have been a Secret Service agent, which in my mind is like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. But you share with us right at the outset of the book how you were one of the worst times in American history, and that was you were at ground zero on 9-11. Yeah, and you know, but that was that was very early in my career. And so I, I put that in there specifically, and I talk about it towards the end of the book, because I I, I put that in there because I wanted people to know it's like I did what I did on that day not because of my training, but it was because of my humanity. And I felt that that was important to share because I wanted to dismiss this myth that people have, well, I'm, I, I'm not this person because I didn't go through this training. I'm not built like that. It's like, well, I wasn't built like that either. But at the end, it's like it's your humanity that gets you through certain things and your ability to help others. And who do you want to be? And and look, there were so many other people that were there that were first responders that helped. And I worked with other extraordinary agents who were very brave. And the point is that when I look back on that moment, kind of like what I said earlier about who do you want to be when you look back on this pandemic, I do look back on that moment and I'm like, okay, I'm okay with myself because I did my best. I did what I could do to try to help. And, and, and that's what I think we all hope for, that we want to look back and, and be not just content, but proud of who we were when in our darkest moments or in darkest moments. Because I think, as you share, happened for you and for any of us, when people talk about being at the end of their life, reading stories about that, they talk about the things that have meaning. It's not, oh, you know, did I get this award or, you know, did I uh, achieve this particular management level? It's a, it's about the emotions, the feelings, the connections we have with those who matter in our life. That's so true. And to be, to be honest, that was the only time in my life where I truly felt like I'm going to die. Even though being an agent and working in this field, like there's an understanding Every time you go out there and you put your vest on, that your life is somewhat in jeopardy. 
But this was the one true moment where I was like, it's happening. I'm going to go. And having that experience, I realized that what I thought about was the thing, not the tangible things. Because I remember I had just got into the secret service. I was so excited. I had a brand new car. I was finally able to afford a brand new car. And all those things that I were I was excited about in my daily life completely faded away. None of them mattered. And really what it went back to was the essence of my life. What did I contribute in life? You know, had I lived my life? Had I done these really deep things? And you really kind of have this, this moment where you see your life and you think, wow, did I do everything I wanted to do? Did I live the way I wanted to live? And that helped me overall after that because now anytime I get stuck in the mundane stuff of daily life or, you know, get sucked into something I shouldn't be, I, I have a moment I'm like, if I were to go tomorrow, would I be okay with it? Did I do everything I wanted to do? And I think that that's a great way to live, not to live like, oh, I'm going to die tomorrow. It's like, will you be okay if that's what's happened? Right. And you were a, a very young, as you say, you were just starting your career. You were in your, your young 20s. A lot of our youth, our young people can probably relate to that and are probably struggling. The ones who were missing graduation, be it from high school, from college, we have a vision of what it should look like. And all of a sudden it's turned upside down. And I think here again, this would be a great gift for graduates is to learn from these influences, these experiences that you had and see how they might incorporate that into them, into their own life, right? Yes, and that's interesting because I'm an adjunct professor, so I teach uh, undergraduate. And my students have had to completely adapt to a new way of learning virtually. And all these things that they would normally get, like a graduation, a commencement speech, all these different things, like they're not going to have these things. And look, does it suck? Yes. But if you sit and dwell on it, like, I can't believe this is happening, this sucks, this, you know, if you get into that mindset, and that's where we get lost. Where it's like, okay, this is happening. And again, adaptability. How do I adapt to this? How do I make this work for me? Because you can find, you can find opportunity in moments of crisis. And I think that when this is all said and done and we'll look back, it, we will see certain individuals or companies or businesses who, who did well, who found opportunity, maybe even prospered in some way, simply because they were able to take the situation and evolve with it rather than resist it. Yes, be stuck and develop more anger and agitation as opposed to we see around us the creativity that it instills in people, be it that they're making masks and delivering them or uh, supporting in some way food to bring to those who are needing it, helping at the food bank, those kinds of things. Yes, and, and it, it's accepting a situation for what it is. Yes, it's terrible, but I accept it. Living in the reality of things is so powerful. And, you know, and I talk about in my book about, look, being optimistic and having a positive view of the world, that's a wonderful thing. But when you're overly positive and when you only expect things to be positive, what happens is when they don't turn out like that, you're, you sh people tend to struggle. They can't live in the reality of things. And so we want to have a balance of living in the truth of things and having a positive viewpoint of how we want things to turn out. And that's 
that's being there. And acceptance is what needs to happen first before you adapt. You have to say, okay, this is my situation. I accept it. And it, and it can go with anything. It's like when people are, they go through a divorce. I can't believe my husband or wife left me. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And then they're stuck in this place for months and months, maybe even years. And they're not able to overcome it because they can't accept it. It's like, yes, it's painful. Acknowledging, yes, I'm in pain, but you know what? This is my truth. And if I live here and I accept it, now I can adapt to it. But if I'm resistant to it, if I don't want to accept it, if I don't want to see it, that's when we become lost. So keep it all in balance. That's a, a one of the great lessons, uh, I think, that we need to learn here. Or perhaps we're learning and it keeps growing. It's not a, a static thing. No, constantly evolving. And that's why I named it, it's interesting you say that, because I, that's why I named it Becoming Bulletproof. Because we're constantly becoming. You're never done. I'm never done. None of us are ever done. And so it's like you're always on this journey to becoming strong, to becoming resilient, to becoming brave, right? We're constantly learning, and myself included. And I think when we realize that we're never done learning, we're never done experiencing, we're never done evolving, like that makes us greater. It's the person who says, oh, I know everything. I got this. I know everything. I don't, you know, there's nothing new to learn. That's the person you need to worry about because that person, when you think, you know everything, that is when you become obsolete. And so here we have this opportunity to be on a lifelong learning journey because of becoming bulletproof, as you were pointing out to us, Evie. So the first thing is that growing self-awareness, and hopefully that is that ongoing process. So in the book, you've divided it into these three sections, and we've spent a lot of time here on protection, really critical at any given time. But the reading people portion is very interesting, and I think also uh, can serve us so well in in our life at any time. Yeah, so when when I wrote the book, I was like, I want to write everything I learned that could help people, like all of it, because I use all these things. And the part two section, which is reading people, that came from my background doing interviews and interrogations. And part of my training and experience was learning how to read people, behavior. And that is so powerful because we want to read people. Because sometimes what people say and what they actually mean is not in harmony. Sometimes people lie. There's no surprise there. Everybody lies. It's just part of human nature. Sometimes the lies are extreme. Sometimes they're not. But Sometimes you just want to have a better connection with people. And so if you can read them better, understand them better, hear the language they're using and really be able to to assess it and get a clear understanding of what they're saying, you will be that much more powerful. You will be that much more confident. Because when you know what's going on with someone else, when you have a better understanding, you feel confident. You do a better job. You do a better business deal. You have better relationships. And so I really kind of broke it down to reading body language and gestures and then to also about verbal language, certain verbal cues that we should look into. And when we hear them, little red flags should go up. And understanding, you know, what are people really saying? That's a huge, huge power tool. It's not a silly thing. Like, oh, I just want to read someone. No, 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 no. This is so important because it helps you connect better with people when you read people better. And, it, yes, it's so fascinating. It can only... Uh 
really just give us so much more awareness, self-awareness again, but just uh, being able to have uh, better connections, better relationships in our life. Yeah. You yeah. have your people want to speak to you, spend time with you, um, talk to you. You'll have better relations if you're a boss. You'll have better relations with your employees. You know, when you're asking them questions, you'll be able to assess the truth, what they're really thinking, what they're really feeling. And if you're better, if you're able to read people better, you can ask better questions. And I talk about that in the part three, in the influence part of the book. I talk about how do you ask questions? How do you ask probing questions without probing? Because the question, the way we question people and talk to people is super important because it, it, it allows us to create this, this map of how do we absorb information. You should be a sponge, always absorbing, always taking in information and hearing people, assessing them so that you can be better at your work. You can be a better in your relationships, whether as a parent or a daughter or in your intimate relationships, all this stuff goes into your friendships because you're better to accurately assess and understand another human being. And it's, you are correct. It takes you into this self-awareness state where we're also focusing, look, I'm focusing on the other person. What are they doing? What are they saying? And I read them better. But then also I flip it around. It's like, okay, I'm teaching you how to read other people, but... They're reading you, too. We all size each other up. And every time you meet someone, if you think about it, when you meet someone, you make an impression of them. Within seconds, you already have an impression of who they are. And so I flip the script a little bit on the reader and say, okay, well, now what are you presenting to the world? How do other people read you? And so think about your postures, your gestures, your speech, your mannerisms, all those things. What do they say about who you are? And do you like what they say about who you are? Do they truly reflect what you want to expose to the world? Or are you looking at it like, no, that's not, that's not me. And so we have changed that. You can adapt changes in that, in your posture, in the way you carry yourself so that you exude to the world what you want them to see, who you truly are. And that part, too, is so inspiring. What you learned from the people that you worked with closely when you were on your your Secret Service uh, agent details. And it's wonderful insight and inspiration as to uh, what you have aspired to, but really gives us aspiration as well, I feel. I think, you know, and that's what the book was meant to do. It was meant to inspire people to just be better, do better, live better. That's really all it is. I, I, and that was at, at the core of it when I wrote this book. I was like, what do I want to share with the world? I didn't want to write a book about, hey, here's a story. Here's a book about me standing next to this president or that president. Because I was like, well, what am I contributing to the world? How is this helping people? And I found that over my career and over the years, people are constantly coming to me with questions about, hey, I'm in this difficult situation. How would you handle it? And it's a, it's a constant theme. It's probably an everyday thing. I don't think there's a day that goes by where I'm not asked, like, how would you do this? You know, what would you do in this situation? Or how would you deal with this problem? And that inspired me to write this book. Because I was trying to think of, like, well, there's so much that I learned over the years that was taught to me, shared with me, that I absorbed from others, from people around me, even from watching presidents and first ladies. I mean, they, they deal with, negativity, they deal with uh, conflict, confrontation all the time. And so I watched over the years how they manage that. How do you deal with that? How do you have people 
insult you and take you down and, and, and hurt you. And then you, you get up there and you give a speech. That's power. That's not easy. How do you do that? And so I really wanted to take all of that that I saw that helped me, that I took for myself, for my own selfish reasons, to make me stronger and better, and to be like, here, here it is, everything I learned. So as I mentioned right at the outset, the timing couldn't be better for the launch of this book, Becoming Bulletproof, because we do, most of us, have that time to read at this point. For those who are on the front lines, not able to spend that time, their time will come. This is just uh, such a great, important education. I really can't underscore that enough. So the book, Becoming Bulletproof, available. And now, of course, we can get it through audio and download. So that makes it easy. But also learning more about you, Evie, because there's a great TED Talk at your website. Let's share your website, please. Yes, thank you so much. My website is www.eveypourras.com. So, all of us, do ourselves the greatest favor, give ourselves this gift, and just really live life strongly and in the fullest. So, Evie, I thank you so greatly for your work, for who you are, and for this uh, desire to share it with the world. Thank you. And thank you so much for being such a gracious host and having me on your show. Thank you. I'm grateful to you, Evie. Thank you. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Evie Pomporas and Sunday Morning Magazine with Steve Wright, Alicia Nelson, and Dr. Keith Elkon, inviting us to support and be active in the virtual Walk for the Cure. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage and click on the podcast tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of feeling empowered, feeling strong. Have a week of the same, and then please, plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. And happy Mother's Day to all moms.